2: Yeah, the, yeah, there's yeah. also a polite way
1: to say, like, I want someone to sit on my face. Like, yeah, you, you know, right. like I. There's like a cool way to say yeah. yeah. It's like a casual, like, you know, you can sit on my face.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in that, yeah. At that yeah. volume. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That, there
0: is a right time, place, and volume for yeah. asking a lady right. to sit on your face. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm ducking out. You're out. Let's dyke out together. See where it's all
0: Hi, and welcome to Dyking Out, a podcast that's bracing for all the mixed signals of Valentine's Day. I'm Carolyn Bergier. I'm Sarah York. And today we're diking out with Erica Rose about lesbian sex scenes. So, quick, now is the time to recharge your vibrator. <laughs> Uh, Erica is a director, writer, and producer who co-founded Sour Peach Films. It's a production company that focuses on stories about female sexuality and portraits of people often overlooked by the mainstream media. Her short film, Girl Talk, debuted last year, and we are so pumped to have you here. Welcome!
1: Thanks for having me. Yay. Thanks for picking that
0: topic. We've been waiting for right? somebody. I mean, we we talk about lesbian sex scenes yeah. here and it, there, but it works but, its way into a lot of episodes. But, but it thing, really but.
1: deserves a full, yeah, yeah. And I thought the timing was good, especially because the L Word reboot was just right. announced. Yes. So we have you know a lot to say about that. Yeah. Yes,
0: we we are definitely going to get into that. One quick announcement: uh, our tickets are on sale, or they might be sold out by now. I don't mm-hmm. know for by the time this comes out Hopefully. for our next show uh, at Stone wall um this is our live stand-up comedy show Diking out at stonewall february 25th with uh emma Wilman, iman al-hosseini joe solomon veronica garza and more i bought a new t-shirt for it great uh, very excited the leather vest was a hit so i think i might just keep wearing that's gotta be
3: your signature
0: yeah our first show was awesome yes it was so much fun uh thank you to everybody who came out except for Devin. <laughs> um Devin if you're
3: listening don't heckle at comedy shows no one's there to hear your bits like yeah don't stop just sit back and enjoy girl be a pillow princess for comedy yeah yeah do not
0: like I I mean at at first I liked the enthusiasm (laughs) of uh I liked it for one and a half seconds pumping her fist No. no oh so, Just this woman named Devin. not our friend. Oh, okay. Yeah. Who also like got out of a relationship a couple weeks ago and I mm. think was really drunk because she called me Jill at the end and told me <laughs> I did great. Right, <laughs> right in front of Jill Sobule, she was like, you are great, Jill. And wow. then looks at Jill Sobule and says, so were you. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, like, this is fun. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, she was like pumping her fist going, dyke dyke, dyke, yeah, like, you like know.
3: literally derailing Paris Hache's set, which was brilliant. Yes, yeah, Ugh, that was that was that the was unforgettable. Part I of it, I was like,
0: you can heckle me as as the host, and then my job is to kind of like get it under wraps. And I thought I kind of
3: warned her on stage, yeah. like, or you could just not fucking heckle at all. Like, I don't understand. Or don't a heckle
0: thing. at all. Her only
1: heckle was just saying, dyke. "No, she had oh. many, many, many things. To oh. say. Many, okay.
0: like, like I had what I thought was uh, a lovely joke about squirting, and then she's <laughs> like. Like, do you squirt? And I'm like, yeah. Devin.
3: She was just being this like being crude, rude. Little, You're like, so rude. Yeah. Oh God, it was terrible. Anyway. Yeah.
0: She was just like saying, you know, I mentioned Madonna, and she's like, she can sit on my face. I'm like, yeah, Devin. Like, she
3: was just this little like, yeah. like you know that little monster that lives under toenails in that commercial. Oh for, yeah, 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 yeah. That was her basically. Just, yeah. Well, like, what but if just Paris? Nothing but Paris like Paris tells
0: her that she's the person that like ruins it for all her friends trying to fuck. Yeah. Like, she just like shows up and kills the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. 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 Uh, also that show I am just I just have a huge crush on Chill Sobiel. Yeah, she's me, pretty she's so pretty fucking rad. adorable and rad. And yeah. she showed up with this like metallic dress with that like fist through
3: Yeah, the revolutionary symbol. It was really yeah, awesome.
0: It was amazing. Uh, she sang a, a protest song. She, she did. also sang I Kissed a Girl, which like I wasn't gonna ask her. I said do three songs of her choice, but she knew the audience there of would want to hear that. So she She really read it. the
3: room. <laughs> she did she read the room on that
0: she hung out afterwards for, for yeah, a little bit yeah. um oh also if you're on the fence about coming uh they have bingo going on downstairs at the stove. Yeah, so if you're the, not into like comedy and rooms full of cute lesbians uh uh-huh. come for that and then stay for the bingo Is yeah
1: this the, uh, the bingo that's like uh queer first date bingo have you guys seen that
3: no, is that a thing? No. Oh, I if That's I had kind been. of a great idea for a first date, I Yeah, guess. And it's, it's interactive.
1: Like, well, it's like you if you go on like a lesbian first date, if you like check off certain oh. Yeah. It's like oh. it's like <laughs> uh you, mean, you yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> like talking about your breakup, talking about your next yeah, five minutes sure. after the yeah, day. Like yeah. getting out your CoStar app, which yeah. I, I've just discovered. What's what? CoStar? Oh yeah. my god. So like every queer girl I know is like what's your astrological chart moon oh, whatever uh, oh i have uh, heard about this yeah okay. so i'm a libra but <laughs> i thought that was it like that right <laughs> you know i was like oh where's well, your moon erica well so then <laughs> yeah, i um your whole thing so i was like you know peer pressured to uh get co-star and look and um so i uh discovered i'm like a rising sagittarius yeah and moon is sagittarius but basically you can like Add your friends on CoStar, and then you can see like your compatibility with them. Oh, good! Okay. I need to yeah. cut
0: down on some friends, so I yeah, put them in
1: there. Yeah. and
3: get rid of all the ones
0: who aren't compatible. I see. CoStar, yeah. I get it. Yeah,
1: yeah.
3: So is it like a dating app
1: essentially, well, or just like it's
3: a like general conf- compatibility? It's
1: general compatibility. It can confirm if you want to move forward with the person you're seeing. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, oh, if you have bad sexual compatibility, you might want to. I like to get just away. try. Sleeping with someone to figure it out, right? I think it yeah. would be kind of like a mood killer if we we're like, let's get out our apps, yeah. And see yeah. But that's gonna...
3: such a like I could see so many people doing that though,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, I, like I that's can't such do it now because I'm already
0: married. So what yeah. if it's like not compatible at all? We're just gonna feel like we've been like doomed right. by some lesbian monkey paw. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I
1: I did it with my um, uh, Chelsea, who uh, we found co-founded Sour Peach Films a production yes. company. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm going to. Like, let's just do it to see. We had apparently had horrible intelligence and co-working compatibility, but amazing sex and aggression. Great. Um, so I was <laughs> like, maybe we should, like, d- dissolve the company and just fuck each other. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, awesome. She, I don't think. She wasn't down? No. Yeah. No. We have oh, no man. sexual chemistry. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's always good uh, when you're, like, in a working relationship with someone
1: is yeah. to make sure there's
0: no sexual chemistry.
1: Yeah, yeah. We uh, pretty much established that right away. Yeah. Um, when uh, we met because we did this CBS pilot together. And then um, I was like, oh, I want to gather, like, all, like, the queer women and, like, do a night out together. And then Chelsea and I shared a cab back to Brooklyn. And I was like, oh, I'll drop you off at your apartment. And we get to her place um, I've never seen anyone jet out of a cab that quickly. <laughs> um, and then she gets out, throws a $20 bill in my face and it's like, bye. Um, and I wow. Like, yeah, if there was That's any. great. Yeah, so later I've, like, given her so much shit for doing that. Yeah. I was, like, I was like, why did you just throw money in my face? Like, I just want to be your friend. She was like, I was just so overwhelmed with all, like, the queer energy of that right. night. Because she was like, you It's know- overwhelming. Yeah, she was, like, in the process of, like, kind of finding her queerness. But now she's, like, you know. One of the, the most staunch uh, queer people I know. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I think at the time it was like all these new feelings. Yeah. Yeah. She just had to get the fuck out of that cab. <laughs> yeah. That's I guess great. it's just like I was like emitting like so much sexual. Right. Um,
3: That's like, why. Yeah. She's like, I can't handle it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I get that.
0: Yeah. The pheromones. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Um, a couple other things I want to talk about. Did you guys see Ellen Page on Colbert? I did, yeah. I did because my mom texted me and Cecilia and was Aww. like, I'm watching Ellen Page on Colbert right now. It's very moving. I'm like, what a good mom.
3: That's cute. Yeah. 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 At least one Ellen gets it. <laughs> oh are you not a fan of Heather? I'm mad at Ellen DeGeneres for having Kevin Hart on and like Heart on her heart on her show. Um, oh she did? She sure did. Oh she yeah. She had him on uh And was like right he should the host of, the Oscars. Yeah, right in the wake of his tweets about breaking a dollhouse over his son's head if he found him playing with it because it's gay. Yeah. Um which is not even a joke. It's more of like a threat of violence so she he he basically he didn't really even have his Oscar's offer rescinded because it was just never quite formally made to begin with, but mm-hmm. he like facing all that backlash, basically stepped away from the Oscars conversation right yeah. and then she had him on and, and doubled down in his wrongness about like homophobic remarks and the the effect of jokes and what the you know the ripple effect of that sort of rhetoric
2: mm-hmm.
3: particularly in the black queer community uh can have and she had him on the show because they're best friends, and basically like urged the academy to reconsider him, and and yeah. is like throwing her weight behind him. And, and then, I, and then just, she was
0: called out on Twitter because of um, Jesse Jesse Smollett, Smollett, the yeah. actor who yeah. recently
3: was like fucking gay bashed. And
0: so she like tweeted something that was yeah. like you know like oh our hearts are with you, our heart, yeah still and with we support you, and you. Like, really. And then people were like okay, but you don't see how. You don't see how the, the rhetoric comments. that
3: Kevin Hart yeah. puts out and just adds like, you know, his platform and his credibility to that sort of like anti-gay, you know, it's it just, she's, she completely failed to see the effect of his rhetoric. And I think yeah. that what yeah. I saw on that, on when he was on her show was two multi-millionaires liking each other and agreeing with each other. yeah, yeah. And I also thought the other day, I kind of like had this, this thought a, a couple of days ago, I was like, it's, it sucks to realize that queer people were never Ellen's audience ever to begin with. I was we've just never that. been her audience. Yeah. yeah. Her yeah. audience is straight white women and always has been.
1: Yeah. I think she, because she has a kind of commercial appeal, I think that we She doesn't kind of carry any certain, like, queer radicalness. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have any – There's nothing radical about her. Yeah. And it's like – I watched her comedy set, the most recent one. Yeah. And she talked about, you know, some of her traumatic uh, experiences as a child. And, you know, she really kind of delved into a more, like, personal realm than she ever has. Mm -hmm. But I was still sitting there thinking, like, looking at the audience. And I didn't want to, like, assume who was there. But it it felt like a lot of, like – suburban white women yeah. who are, like, you know... That's champion. her brand. Yeah. And, it's,
3: and it always has been. At no point were queer people ever in her, like, within her, you know, yeah. her fan base. And I mean, we are, we are her fans, but she's never given a fuck about us. It's been about, you know... And she, and I'm not, I'm not saying she hasn't done fucking amazing things. I'm just saying... I wouldn't say she hasn't given a fuck, but she's not, like... I mean, I don't think... She certainly isn't now. I mean, she stands up when, yeah. when it comes to big issues like Prop 8, which directly affected her... And, um, you know, kind of the bigger, broader picture stuff. And she's good in that way, in that sort of, like, human rights campaign way of, like, bringing the broad issues into mainstream and kind of, you know, she's sort of been, like, this buffer between, like, the queer community, a specific part of the queer community. Mm -hmm. And kind of, you know, normalizing queerness to, well, specifically being, like, a white cisgender attractive funny lesbian to an audience that is, like can use her as their one example of like, oh, this is a gay person I like, you know, like that there's a lot of power in that. She's done a lot of really incredible things, but I, I think that her support of Kevin Hart and then her sort of tone deafness in in come in saying that about, uh, Jesse Smollett was just like proof positive for me that she's, she's just like, she's too far gone. She's not a part of this. She's not a boots on the ground person for us. We have way too many other queer voices like Ellen Page mm-hmm. or, you know, Way too many too much talent is for, you know amongst like queer people of color and trans people and like other people who should be our new idols, and Ellen, for me, is just not that anymore like in the way that she used to be yeah. so
0: that's fair, yeah,
3: I, I agree
1: with you yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. And I, I, mean, what what Ellen Page did uh, was, that was really powerful, amazing, mm-hmm. and talking about um, environmental racism, mm-hmm. and you know, Colbert being like, "What, what is that?" Like, it, it was, it was like this. She's like, "Oh, I have this platform. I'm here to talk about my new Netflix show, with, mm-hmm. which I am interested in watching, but I'm going to use this platform to talk about all the marginalized people and." Like, not only just in the queer community, but just like affected most by global warming yeah. and like, mm-hmm. and then the effects of like hate for it from leadership. And it was just like so impassioned and, and moving. And um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just like, man, you're so rad. She is pretty rad. Yeah. Uh, it was it was a beautiful thing. Yeah. Uh, so I want to support her and watch her new show. Also on Netflix, I did watch, uh, we talked about it on our episode mm-hmm. with Taylor Ortega, uh, Russian Doll. Oh, with Natasha yeah was it? I watched like I watched a few uh episodes and I am disappointed that it's not just uh a, a like gradually smaller Natasha yeah. Leones. Yeah. Like I was
3: uh, to believe there would be multiple Natasha Leons was, living inside each other. I was, You know, <laughs> it's
0: it's fun. It's also um given me lots to think about about all the ways I can die in New York City, which yeah. like is Normally in the back of my mind, right. but now even more so. It's it's kind of like a silly show. Um, I didn't get too far into it, um, but the, one of the creators uh, is a queer woman, and then her partner is in it playing uh, a queer woman, and I I think she's kind of a scene stealer. I'm really enjoying. Her, All right. Her role in it so far. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm maybe, like, I don't know, four, four episodes in. It's like a quick, fun watch. Did you watch it, Erica? Well,
1: I, I didn't watch it, but I know the people behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I kind of um, have heard certain stories mm-hmm. that I you know, won't share. Yeah. Um, So I don't know if I could, like, watch it truly objectively, but I'm curious to see it. Mm-hmm. Um I'm curious to turn off the mics and yeah. <laughs> get this. Get on get this scoop yeah. on it. Yeah. Oh man. But, uh, yeah, Leslie Headland, one of the yes. creators. She's, yeah. um, you know, she made *Bachelorette* and she yeah. was a playwright before, um, so she's you know. queer. And I think it's her partner who's in it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's kind of fun. Yeah.
1: I, I like Natasha Leon, but uh, it's. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because Natasha Lyonne. Speaking of just like queer representation um, in TV, it's like Natasha Lyonne has kind of built a career around like playing queer characters. Yeah, yeah. You know, even like when she was doing um, like American Pie. Yeah. Like I don't think she was explicitly queer in that, but there was still like kind of like connotations of just like there's some like queer coded behavior in there. Yep. And I was thinking about her. I was like, I don't think she identifies as she doesn't a, like an LGBT person. But it's just yeah. interesting that she's kind of capitalized on mm-hmm. that identity yeah. and like taken away space from people who are actually um, you know, queer actors. Mm-hmm. But you know, people like Clea Duvall always like bring her on to play her girlfriend. And it's like, yeah. So I don't know. I've just been thinking about her a lot. It's like, you know, I used to totally dig Natasha Leone and be like, yeah, like I want to like be a chick like her, you yeah. know, and yeah. just, like, carry that, like, super, like, raspy kind of yeah. sexual yeah. potency in her voice. But, like, now I kind of was taking a step back from it and be like, mm, you know, she was taking up space from people. Yeah. You know, kind of,
3: like, like... intentionally or not, it's still, you
1: yeah. know. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of mixed on her.
0: Yeah. You get
3: that.
1: Yeah.
0: No, that's something we, we've talked a lot about on the show. I mean, we, we had uh, a couple episodes ago just talking about all these, like, straight women who get cast multiple times yeah. for the queer roles. And I think for mm-hmm. her, it's definitely the voice. Is oh, yeah. She has that <laughs> yeah. like, totally,
3: like, bad girl, like, girl in the in the high school bathroom smoking cigarettes who's, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. vaguely yeah. queer kind of vibe. Right, yeah. That's, like, how I'll always see it's, her. <laughs>
0: uh, all, all the characters, too, are kind of, like, it's, like, they're either queer or, like, a version of Natasha Leon, the person. Yeah, who had, yeah. Like, this very, like, rich troubled party girl yeah. uh, headline mm-hmm. making um, persona yeah. like years yeah. ago right. and actually had like, didn't she have like heart failure or something related I think to drugs? She, she almost
1: died. Yeah. Or, like, she almost maybe died. Did die.
3: Yeah.
0: Like
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah, she yeah. See, that's died. such a
3: lesbian fuck boy thing to do. Right. 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 <laughs> it's like almost die of a drug overdose. Yeah. Yeah. For the, for attention. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm not putting it past myself to do that. I maybe you could
1: put that in your personal.
3: I post. think I will. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, and you know, I, I know we're going to talk more about, uh, girl talk, um, throughout the episode, mm-hmm. I hope, but, mm-hmm. but, but uh, tell us a little bit about that now because, um, I haven't seen it yet. It, premiered this fall? So it
1: premiered in July. Oh, in July, okay. At Outfest. Mm-hmm. And then we've played at, um, we just got into our 27th festival. Wow. Amazing. Um, yeah. Wow. It's been, it's been a good ride. Yeah. Um, we played at New Fest in New York. Okay. So yes. That's, yeah. yeah. So that's probably maybe, oh, uh, you heard about it. And I the- did, yeah.
0: I was seeing it publicized a lot and um, and, and I had heard of it. It's just, you know, the opportunity to see yeah, short films. But it does look really good. The trailer looks really good. And one thing I love about it is that there uh, there are no cis men. Yeah,
3: that was... And, yeah, uh, that's awesome.
1: That was <laughs> intentional and not intentional. Basically, yeah. I wrote the script and, you know, it's um, semi-autobiographical. Um, and it's kind of deals with a time in my life where I was using... Sex to gain agency and kind of masking my own vulnerability and hiding using sex to hide that I was actually looking for true intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was writing, you know, to kind of myself and like characters within my life, um, not in a vindictive way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but um, you know, just kind of like using like, and it was obviously fictionalized, but I wrote it, and then there was no cis men in the script because they were just not relevant to the story. Yeah. So I thought about it for a second. I was like, Oh, do I need to be inclusive? And I was like, fuck no, I'm not going to be inclusive of, because like, cis male
3: writers are not hand wringing over being yeah. inc- inclusive in their scripts. You know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So then I was
1: like, even in the, like, there's like a one whole sequence of the movie that's takes place at a party. And I was like, even the background actors, I want them to be either queer femme or mm-hmm. non-binary mm-hmm. or trans. Like yeah. I don't want a cis man like in this in movie. In the fucking room. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, and yeah, I'm like proud that we like committed great. to that. Um, it just like, didn't fit into the world. Yeah. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. I love
3: that so much. I, it's really, and I just like, and I like how like simple your reasoning. It's not like, it's not like, no, like we hate men. It's like, no, they literally just aren't relevant to my personal story, which is how I feel about men. Like people ask me, do you hate men? I'm like, no, I just don't
1: have much. Like to say, <laughs> I don't yeah. know
3: what to say about them. You yeah. know, like I just, you know, there's a few in my life, and they know who they are, and that's that's about it. <laughs> right,
1: right. And it just didn't fit into this like very like you yeah. know kind of. They
3: don't fit at all into like my queer journey by any means. Yeah, you know,
1: <laughs> and like part of our motivation for making this film is that we are like queer femme people making a movie for queer femme people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I inserted, like, a, like a straight male best friend in there, I just didn't think that – I mean, yes, some queer femmes have, like, straight male best mm-hmm. friends. I don't want to discredit those people. But, you know, it just wasn't realistic And based on, like, the experiences mm-hmm. I've had or the people around me.
0: yeah. That was my my big issue with uh, the bisexual, which uh, as our listeners know, I'm really into that show. I like it a lot. (laughs) Love that show. Um, Yeah, yeah, it's so good. Okay, but uh,
3: (laughs) her eyes light up when our guest has seen it because I still haven't watched it. Oh, I know. Um,
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's I can talk
1: about it for hours.
0: Love Desiree Akman and me too. uh, But her her roommate is this like cis straight guy Mm -hmm. and uh it's just like too much of him i'm like uh yeah i mean and i guess like maybe he he serves a purpose but <laughs> it was like he was taking he was sucking too much of the oxygen mm-hmm. up in the room for me for the for the whole series and i think that like like that that's my one criticism
1: yeah
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah i agree yeah i think he served a purpose that Not that, like, she was trying to necessarily prove this point, but I think it was, like – because she sets up – when you call a show The Bisexual, Mm -hmm. you think that she's – not to give it away, but you think she's going to, like, date that guy. That's, like, how it's set Mm -hmm. up. And I think it was trying to say, like, bisexual people can have, like, interactions with people of, like – the opposite sex mm-hmm. or people who are, you know, of the same sex, of the same sexual orientation and not have it necessarily be romantic or sexual. Yeah. Because I think bisexual people are so hypersexualized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, really defined by, like – Oh, like, uh... You could be dating anybody you, here. Yeah. You want to yeah. fuck everybody in the room. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, So I think he, you know, I agree with you that he took up, like, a bit too much screen time. Yeah. But I think he served the point where it's like, oh, no, this is just, like, a person in her life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, you know, just happens to be her roommate.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Um... And you mentioned before that uh, that The L Word is coming back. So I think that can help us transition into mm-hmm. uh, our discussion for today, which is lesbian sex scenes. And I did the the hard work last night of um, <laughs> watching a bunch of lesbian sex scenes, both in film yeah. and, uh, and The L Word. So, uh, yeah, it, it's official. Showtime is yeah. picking up. Uh, I was calling it a reboot, but it's a sequel, I guess. Okay. Yeah. So it's... It's continuing the story however many mm-hmm. years later um so like you know jenny's dead unless it, it turns out it's like a roseanne thing and it was just at like <laughs> alice's like fantasy diary of
2: yeah. like,
1: <laughs> jenny drowning in a pool uh but um well there's that, also that's coming back there's also rumors that dana might be coming back oh my that's god what, I, Don't I, yeah do i know yeah
0: yeah i saw I that can't. it's probably just gonna be like we saw her die well, it's gonna be like flashback. It's not gonna be oh, like surprise. Okay. She really
1: didn't have flashbacks. Like that was an you elaborate ruse. She escaped and all from long. the morgue in the what hospital. What they should do? Oh, sorry. Wait, okay. no, please. uh no, oh, okay. oh. what they should do is that they should forget <laughs> that seasons three and six, three through six, happened and they should just do an un- incredible alternative storyline. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. what I would. I mean re- those do.
3: Are, I've I've not even seen the last 3 seasons. So that would be perfect for me. Uh, you yeah, know, that, I'm going to watch all of them. That's
0: your homework because I know I, you, have, you to. I out, have to. You are missing out. You are missing out on some some great stuff uh, Yeah. because I was rewatching uh parts of season 5 last night and I'm standing by it. Uh Jenny has me laughing out loud and like every scene she's in she is
3: I think hilarious. I, I think probably upon a, a full watch now that I'm, like, not, like, 20 years old and hiding in my room watching (laughs) fucking bootleg DVD copies of it. Yeah. um, I think I probably will find her more entertaining than I did the first time around. I just found her incredibly frustrating. I also couldn't wrap my mind around, like, bisexual women the first time I watched Mm. it, and now I've evolved. Well,
1: I'm actually a hardcore Jenny supporter from season one. So so I want to, like... Carolyn has found her person to talk about Jenny. Oh, my God. I, you know, (laughs) I think that the writer skewered her story. Like, she didn't become... She became a joke, and she became... You know, someone that was completely unrealistic and like didn't mm. have any kind of like grounded sense of reality. But season one, Jenny is so like. But, but she, a
0: twenty something year old in LA, do you think they have a grounded sense no. of? Reality? <laughs> uh, she was like, who she, was given like a movie and a yeah. book deal right off the yeah. back, and like got a piece in the New Yorker right yeah, away. The most of course, of whole Jenny's thing. a monster. Yeah. Of course, <laughs> she's this like insane egomaniac with no. But yeah. anyway, continue. Yeah. I mean, but, she, but yeah, season one. Jenny, I'm, like,
1: totally on board with. Yeah. No, she does remind me about... Uh, uh, she reminds me of a couple of people I went to college with. But... Um Season one, Jenny, she was like our vehicle into this world. And so when I was watching The L Word, it was a similar situation where it was like bootleg DVDs Mm -hmm, in my college dorm room and my straight roommate was like, what are you watching? And I was like identifying as heterosexual then. But I would make us um, what I would do. And I was like, let's watch this, like just, you know, to see what's out there. And we would watch it, and, like, a sex scene would come on, and I was like, oh, wait, can we, like, go back? I kind of, like, missed some key plot information. <laughs> yeah. So yes. we would go back, and we would re-watch it, and my street roommate was like, what are we doing? And I was just like, you know, I just, like, missed, like, what they said beforehand. Yeah. yeah. So so
3: some I, vital plot point. Yeah. So it's we had to <laughs> put the, the closed point.
0: captions on and yeah. Yeah, yeah. what they're saying during sex, because there's important dialogue happening. Right. I oh <laughs> just, just
1: wanted to keep track of the plot, you Of know? course. Yeah. So... Um, But anyway, like, Jenny, I thought was, you know, as someone who didn't have any uh, kind of, like, queer power femme representation in my own life, it was really exciting to see a show of, like, women who not only could, like, fuck each other but could also, you know, uh, be friends with each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So Jenny was, like, our, you know, vehicle into that world and, like, her relationship with Marina. It's, like, we've all been there. I mean – I don't think anyone – I personally never dated, like, a Italian model, heiress, whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was, like, a married contessa. to someone – Yeah, a contessa. She's <laughs> a contessa. In, a, like, an open relationship with someone named Francesca. Like, you know, yeah. if I had that experience, I think it would be a very different person. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, my equivalent to Marina was not nearly as glamorous. But, like, I don't know. I think Jenny kind of had – she was really relatable in the beginning and she also like talked about mental health and she was a Jewess and Mm -hmm. like I don't know like I just like dug Jenny and then they kind of just ruined her which was really disappointing
3: contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague ridden world that ours is not a loving God and we are not its favored children. The heresies of Raydolf Bantwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.
0: I mean, in terms of the the sequel, I was, What? Karina has something to say. What? Did you know that Jenny's, like, supposed to be I, I Eileen? Mean... Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that Jenny is that. like modeled a little bit after Island Chicken. Chicken. Yeah. Well, she was originally modeled after, and I'm forgetting—is it Kathy Greenberg, who's the creator? Yeah. One of the original co-creators oh, of the L yeah. Word, who was like a Midwestern right, girl, right. and Jenny was like uh, modeled after her at first. But then, like their involvement, they after the pilot sold, they were no longer involved in it. Yeah. So then, uh, Jenny was more. This, like, uh, extension of
1: Eileen Shakin. She's like an avatar of Eileen Shakin. Just a scary place to be. Yeah, (laughs) it's a scary place. I know it. I would not want to be Eileen Shakin's avatar.
0: (laughs) Um, But the show is so much of, like, turns into this ridiculous soap opera. And I Mm -hmm. I kind of forgot a lot about season five and when I was rewatching last night. uh, It's, like, this crazy, like, meta this whole se- the whole season is just like being meta about itself. It's ridiculous. And then uh, <laughs> but like in a soap opera like mm-hmm. people come back from the dead all the time. That's like a, a so, whole thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like Dana you, could come dr- back as you Dana's twin a yacht, we never you knew existed. Yeah. Like <laughs> Yeah.
3: yeah. You know. Oh my God. But there's Absolutely. so many ways
0: to bring Dana back.
3: Do you kind of hope that they that in the that the the sequel I guess or the the next iteration of the show is still kind of delightfully soap opera ish no. I I, I sort of hope that that's, I don't know. I well, think that might be no, fun.
0: TV has changed.
3: TV and the has changed. Comedy's is, changed. Is everything's way changed. higher. Yeah. I and agree. I think
0: that they're going to, like, I think looking back, they're like, okay, we did go off the rails and we're going to try to actually take this seriously. And yeah. Um. now we kind of know, like, the power of the show and feel more of a sense to of responsibility to, like, queer communities and yeah. the yeah. trans
1: community. <laughs> well, off of that, so yeah. I had a really mixed reaction when I heard the news because I was like, you know, what this is saying and Queer's Focus also coming back too. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. The British version. Okay. So what it's saying is that it's only like two queer narratives are valid for production and money and audience Mm -hmm. members. Yeah. So then I was having a conversation with someone and they were like, well, I don't like necessarily see it that way. I think that it's like, you know, people are impassioned about the show and it's like, you know, we might as well like keep – Something alive that people love so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, on that end, I'm like, okay, like I'm I'm gonna watch it, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I I think like to your point of yeah, the L word when it came out was groundbreaking because we had never seen a television show concentrated around you know a group of successful. Mm -hmm. beautiful lesbian women. Yeah. But, you know, uh, queer narratives have evolved. And like part of my work as a filmmaker is that I think that so many queer narratives are stuck in this false dichotomy of like either a coming out story or a Mm -hmm. taboo secret relationship. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well that's not my experience. I came out years ago and none of my relationships have been forced to be secretive, which is, I, I understand an incredible privilege. Yeah. Um, so it's like, you know, I hope that something like the L word uses what's com- happening in the current climate to talking about queer people of color, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what's happening with the non binary and trans community and see how they integrate that. Yeah. Because if they don't catch up, they're just going to be alienated and skewered alive. Yeah, like, yeah. I just, yeah, yeah. it's going
3: go to get, yeah, if they, I mean, it just has to look more inclusive. Cause if you yeah. look at like, you look at like the cover of like the DVDs from, uh, from the first iteration, oh, it's like, I, Oh, a bunch yeah. of gorgeous femme leaning, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, ugh, I don't know. It's just like, all right, like let's get a little more realistic. Let's have someone who is a butch woman who isn't Shane or doesn't have that. Like I, I just feel like Shane's like a cartoon character of like what femme women imagined like this, like kind of fuck boy, like, semi-Butch Dyke looking like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and granted, the style trends in uh, the early 2000s sort of, you know, she had that, like, that hair that, like, kind of, you can tell she, like, straightened it Um, with the the flat iron hair. And, like, the, the... the leather bracelets
1: and like all the jewelry the vest like the, the vest yeah, yeah. Uh, there's yeah. at the end of the pilot I don't know if you remember this outfit of hers because I, I her outfits well, were epic yeah she's like it was like Bet and Tina just had sex for the first time in yeah. like six months or whatever Yeah. Yep. and then they're like holding hands on their porch and then Shane walks by because that's what happens in LA yeah yeah um, <laughs> Everyone lives yeah. really
3: close to each right. other. And yeah. then
1: people walk by each other. And she's wearing, like, she's not holding a bag. She doesn't have a jacket. All she's wearing is this, like, leather bell-bottom pants <laughs> and a vest that just covers her areolas. I remember and, this. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> and then she goes. You guys like got it on last night. Uh, it's And they don't quite see if my friend walked by me in LA of all places, like <laughs> just wearing, you know, like a leather bodysuit. Yeah. Um, I would have questions. Right. You know, yeah. I would be like, like, it's
3: 86 degrees right now. Yeah. Why are you wearing this? You know, yeah. like- I'd be like, why, you know, like what were you up to? I mean, yeah. like, I could And it. Was in, it yeah. took place like in the kind of early morning. Yeah. Right? It like was, it was yeah. like an 8 a.m. like. Yeah, because Bett and Tina had like coffee, you know, like they were doing their morning thing on right. the porch of the
0: sitting on the by. stoop like people
1: do in L. A. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, such
3: an L. A. thing.
1: But you know, off of Bett and Tina, um, and kind of into our lesbian sex scenes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So uh, I watched a lot of theirs last night. Yeah, in college. So I went to NYU. And I was in their film department. Um, you know, whatever. As um, one does. Yeah. As one, so we had this assignment uh, freshman year. And it was in this performance, like, studies class. We were learning how to, like, talk to actors. So we were – it was – this class was with the entire department. So there was, like, you know, 150 kids in this class. And we were asked – like, six people were chosen, and you had to bring in a dramatic scene, and you had to analyze it in front of the entire class. So I got picked. And this was during my, like, heterosexual uh, days. Mm -hmm. I'm using quotations. Um, Heterosexual days where I was binging the L word with my straight roommate. Right. (laughs) So I had just watched the epic – Tina finds out that Bette has been oh God. fucking the carpenter scene. Yes. So I, of course, brought it in to the class. Because you were reeling from it. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, there's actually, and I was like, this is a really interesting scene I want to deconstruct. It is. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to fucking screen it. And afterwards, everyone was speechless. And the professor comes up to me. She goes, My one rule was uh, you weren't allowed to bring in an action scene and this is an action scene. I was like, no, it isn't. You know, there's a lot of like dramatic things happening. But what was great about it is that like uh, five or six, you know, very hetero people had to, were forced to watch the scene and had to like deconstruct it with me. I love that. Um, Yeah. So, and then my friend who uh, was in the class, who was one of my other like queer allies, was like the fact that you were calling yourself straight and screening this is laughable. That's and then great. like yeah. yeah, it will always <laughs> define you. Um, yeah. But, you know, it was funny because I was watching that scene and, you know, I think that there is a lot of violence in it and there's yeah. a lot of – and it's mixed with a lot of um, devastation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it kind of goes to this point where when we see queer women having sex with each other, um it's often uh paired with some emotional turmoil mm-hmm. or some revelation yeah um you know, and I think and it's also just like women's sexuality in general like if i if you look at women masturbating on camera, yeah uh most of the time it's under duress or it's under a lot of um feelings of uh uncertainty Mm -hmm. um and then when you see men masturbate on camera it's usually just like the butt of a joke or something that's seen as routine yeah like so for example um in American Beauty when Kevin Spacey is masturbating at the beginning of that movie he's in the shower shower. Yeah. yeah and it's seen he like can't get through the day without doing this yeah and then in reverse like In Mulholland Drive, when you see Naomi Watts masturbating on the couch, and she's like devastated that she can't get her love interest, you know, and she's isolated, and um, she's also seen in like kind of it's like the worst time for that character. It's at her low point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was thinking about it, I was like, there's so, there's such little. Uh, representation of women just like kind of going through sex as a routine Mm -hmm. Um, and especially when like two women are paired together in a sex scene we just don't see that very often
0: that's so interesting I I never really thought about it that way but like so much and especially in movies it's like we always see the first time sex Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. between women right and like that's like Mostly it maybe there there's a follow up, but it always centers like it's about these two people coming together and like the thing about the the L word is seeing a couple that's been like in a relationship for a while yeah. fuck regularly, or like Alice and Dana, a couple that's just starting out and they're like, you know, trying to figure out like yeah what, what they like and being out. playful yeah, and all that yeah. stuff and like never had that kind of uh
1: content. Yeah. yeah. Alice, oh, never. Or, yeah. Alice and Dana are my two, some of my favorite representations yeah. because it's like, you know, they use toys and they yeah. role play and it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, cause sex and is, hot and hot. Yeah. So, oh yeah. like okay. I'm obsessed yeah. with like their scenes. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I, you know, sex in general is like so ridiculous. Like every time I have it I'm like, you know, like, it's, yeah. like, what we're doing It's like, we're, like, rolling around naked with each other and sometimes going to be inside of each other. Like, yeah, it's like yeah. great. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. Yeah. You know, I'm currently recovering from, like, a hickey on my neck. Like, yeah. You know, I, yeah. like, totally um, obviously love it. Um, but, you know, it's, like, never seen in this way that's, like, casual. But, yeah. you know, and I think, like, I look at uh, movies that really do explore, like, first love or kind of, like, secretive love coming to fruition like Carol for instance Mm -hmm. you know it's like that sex scene is beautiful Mm -hmm. I watched that and I think Todd Haynes did a really good job working with Cate Blanchett and Rooney Mara of doing those characters justice. I don't know if you guys yes. have seen the scene. She hasn't, but I have. Oh, oh my God. Should I should haven't watched go. the movie.
3: I know. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm just going to lock her. Yeah. I'm locking Sarah in a room. Yeah. Right? <laughs> We're just going to give With, you bootleg yeah, box, yeah. Box,
1: yeah. Box sets of DVD. But, um, and, you know, what I loved about it, there's this moment where um, Rooney Mara is, like, undressed for the first time in front of Kate Blanchett. And she looks at her and she says, "Kate Blanchett looks at her and she goes, I've never looked like that before. And I was like, oh, that is something I think about all the time when I have sex with a new partner Mm -hmm. is that we are both female and we both have the same body, like theoretically, but we Mm -hmm. look so different. Yeah. So this like body comparison inevitably happens. I don't know if that happens with you guys, but I think about that all the time when I'm with a new partner. I'm like, oh, like I've never been as like you know, looked like that in particular. And I was like, oh, and Carol did that so delicately. Mm -hmm. And it was um, used so, um, I don't know, pointedly, but also just like really beautifully into that scene. And then they just like have sex and it's like really passionate um, and really beautiful. So I look at that and I'm like, okay, even though it's like kind of stuff I'm trying to deconstruct, like, you know, and trying to dismantle of like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is, you know, a forbidden romance that like, you know, uh, that is, like, super impassioned, uh, it still, like, has a lot of merit to it. Yeah. So. yeah. No,
0: I think they did a, a nice job with uh, Carol. One movie that I, I'm curious to get your take on, and I rewatched it yesterday with Cecilia, who was watching it for the first time. I didn't watch the whole movie. Again, just the the sex scenes. And um, mm-hmm. Blue is the Warmest Color. It makes me so uncomfortable. It goes on for, like, five minutes. And it's so pornographic. Uh, and I'm, I'm just like, I, I don't know. And, and then yeah. again, knowing the backstory behind it, that the director was like, um, like didn't block the scene for them, which when you have a, a sex really? scene, it should mm-hmm. be blocked yeah, and yeah. he wouldn't block them or give them direction on what to do and was like, just fuck each other. And like, it was like long takes, you know, in front of room yeah. full of people. They're like completely naked. Apparently, they had like a tiny layer of something over their their genitals, but they're and like they're prosthetic. It's like yeah. face in ass, like really
3: deep. Oh god, deep, I haven't seen this either like, for this reason because I was told that the sex scene is incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah,
0: like, tongue on. Clip yeah.
1: shown really yeah yes well it's on the prosthetic so on the prosthetic yeah, yeah. But, oh, I see, but but it still, looks but the yeah. yeah yeah yeah
0: but but even i mean the intimacy though of like shooting those scenes for for these yeah two, two very straight young women actor who actresses, yeah yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, the main character, Adele, is 15 in the movie. Oh, wow. Yeah, she was 18 when she filmed it. When she filmed it. This yeah. is also something yeah. that makes me very uncomfortable, too,
0: is uh, watching, like, teenagers be, like, sexualized. Like, even though yeah. the the actors are, are older, um, but, like like, in Cameron Post, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, this is hot. And it reminded me of, like me with women I was seeing Mm -hmm. in high school, but then I'm like, oh wait, they're supposed to be in high school. Like I'm not, I shouldn't think this is hot. This is weird. (laughs) But no, she's old enough, but still, ah. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's funny because I watched that and just like on one side note, it's like at 15, I did not like, have those sexual skills. Like no, I was not like, no, I God, didn't, if no, if I did
0: blue, is warm warmest Yeah. 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 Like, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: like it, it's like, you know, top notch, you know, positioning and yeah. ideas. And at 15, I was just like mostly just masturbating. Um, yeah, so like, uh, yeah. so I didn't have that. It's pretty skillset. advanced. Yeah. It's like very <laughs> advanced. 30, and if I was, yeah. I was like, wow, you know, um, so I, you know, coming from a filmmaker's perspective, back to your point about, uh, blocking sex scenes. Mm-hmm. So with girl talk, um, there are a lot of sex scenes in that because it's about like my journey of the disparity between emotional and physical intimacy. So in turn, there are sex scenes. And I worked so hard to make sure every actor was comfortable. We blocked it out. Mm-hmm. We did um and then I was like, here's the blocking I'm thinking of. Let's see how it feels. If it doesn't feel right to you, we'll change it. Mm-hmm. Everyone felt very like comfortable and set. We had like an amazing wardrobe supervisor who was there to like, every time we cut, we she had like a robe ready for them. Mm-hmm. You know, we made it a closed set and there's like only, you know, women and non-binary people around. Yeah. It. Yeah. So every actor afterwards like let me know. They were like, we felt very, very comfortable. Yeah. So hearing about blue is color. It's just unacceptable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you're doing a sex scene, it's a stunt. And now, um, you know, like HBO for instance, and every show they ever do, they bring on an intimacy coordinator, which is integral. Um, yeah. and you know, uh, uh I saw a slave play that went up at New York theater workshop. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys are familiar with that show. Uh, it dealt with a lot of like explicit sex and afterwards there was a talk back and the intimacy coordinator was present. So, you know, I, there is some uh, foresight into knowing that it's not okay. Like, what happened with Bloomers Warmest Color is just unacceptable yeah. mm-hmm. and abusive. Very abusive. Um, you know, so I I was really enraptured by the film. Um, I, in many ways, I love that movie mm-hmm. and wish I had made it. Because <laughs> I feel like if I had made it, it would have been, like, a lot more respectful. Yeah. I think – he sets up the camera so it's a wide shot and he doesn't do anything that gives you a personal indication of what our main character's feeling. Yeah. And that's like the biggest beyond just like the abusive nature of it, mm-hmm. that's the biggest mistake he makes.
0: Well, that, that's why it felt kind of pornographic yeah. to me, because it th- there was like no real emotion. Mm-hmm throughout the the scene it was just like pure physical yeah getting it on and kind of a disruption from like the rest of the movie where you're, you're it's like kind of nuanced into these emotions of the these women and you're getting a feel for them and then all of a sudden they have sex and like that disappears and all of a sudden it's just like two women like hardcore getting it on yeah
1: i think That idea of nuance is exactly right. It's like those scenes lacked nuance. Yeah. And especially when you're in a new love situation and you are exploring your queerness for the first time, that is – Inextricably linked to nuance. So yeah. when you show shoot a sex scene, that is like the entire movies and close-ups except the sex scene. Yeah. So it feels on display. Yeah. And it feels for the consumption of the male gaze. Yep. Mm-hmm. And there was no need for it to go on that long. You got it. I mean, and then it's like, so I think about this all the time. It's like in the past couple of years, so let's just say the past like six years, there's been movies like Blue is the Warmest Color that kind of have centered around like queer female love or sex that have like gone to like critical acclaim. Mm -hmm. So we have like uh, The Handmaiden, Carol, Blue is the Warmest Color, Disobedience, and those are all directed by cis men. And what that does, it's like, you know, it's, it's very complicated because I don't want to be the person sitting here being like only certain people can tell certain stories because I think art is layered. And I think that if you work with the right people, you can tell any story, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're respectful of it. But what it does that when you have these movies come to critical success and they're at the hands of people who have never experienced sex like that because they just can't because they are cis men, Mm um, yeah. um, It takes away the opportunity for someone who has lived that and can tell it with more authenticity. Yeah, it takes a, a space away from them. I mean, it, it, in that
0: scene too, it's like these two women—they don't communicate at yeah. all. So they're having which s- is completely
3: unrealistic. Yeah, completely yeah. For yeah. yeah,
0: for for two women having sex for the first time, it's very to highly be like communicative,
1: hardcore yeah. sex too. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. To
0: to be like smashing your face, right in a woman's ass like and the first time you're having sex with someone without any of this like is this okay here? right right like you there's know no con- the like, element of verbal yeah. consent yeah, yeah. There, is there's so there's no consent
3: is so present in, in our relationships it. and our yeah. sexual relationships if, if you're in healthy ones and it was like, like, like especially no for women yeah. also
0: it just kind of ends like they both kind of just stop at the same time but without do they like do right? they
3: come do they like is, kind
0: there, is of. that i mean like kind of but not really not in a way like at one point it seems like maybe one of them is and yeah. then it, like they Get worked up, and then it's like, okay, we've been at this for a while. It kind of like, let's just stop on a on a high note, but without like a clear, right? Yeah, climax. Nice. Where like with with Bet and Tina, it's like you know that they're both getting. You getting sure off. do. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they they let you know they are having sex. <laughs> well, yeah.
1: I was thinking about like when before I came on this, I was like looking at other examples, yeah. and I was thinking like Chantel Ackerman's first movie has this sex scene where she she's in it. And it's actually shot very similarly. It's a wide shot of two women who are just rolling around in bed and they're like kind of having sex, Mm -hmm. but they're just rolling around naked in bed. And I watched that and I was like, why does this not feel exploitative? And Blue is the Warmest Color does. And like, yes, Chantal Ackerman is like a female filmmaker and, you know, the guy who directed Blue is the Warmest Color isn't. But I think it's because you see nuance in there, back to that idea of nuance. It's yeah. like they're rolling around and then they like kind of stop and they like chat a bit. And then one of them like opens the other's legs, but mm-hmm. like, you know, there's like permission. And it doesn't feel like this sudden, hardcore mm-hmm. scene that kind of only exists in the creation of, you know, uh, a male, like, you know, a male gaze yeah. kind of mind. But that to be said, I think it's also. It's a complicated conversation because to police someone's sexuality Mm -hmm. is also problematic. So a lot of people, after the movie came out, there was like a lot of op-eds and there was a lot of like queer women writing like, well, queer women don't have sex this way. And I was like, I want to like stop that because I think that some queer women could have sex that way. I think what we're talking about is that it's unrealistic for consent to not be talked right. about for a 15 year old to be asked to mouth like right away yeah. Um, yeah. Like, for them to like have like a rolling orgasm for like three hours and like yeah. no one ever kind right. of, like coming to completion be like, I need to tap out for a second. Like, yeah. yeah. yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah like, but like you could have sex in like the positions that they did and you know, whatever, sure. but it's just like the context of it is wrong. You know, there, there is
0: something like in our, um, in our very first episode, I was making a joke about uh, how lesbians have sex, and it's like, well, you, you give the uh, you give the dildo a blowjob, uh, <laughs> um, since that's like how it's represented in lesbian porn. Right, um, but then like. And I was like, no, like who would do that? Nobody would do that. And some people were like, knock knock, uh, you know, it is a thing. It can turn someone on to. I mean, there are just so many ways that queer women oral sex, sex on a prosto- though, Yeah, like- yeah. And and I was like, how how stupid of me to think like because to me it did seem like a very like male gaze. Yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Like, what woman wants to like jam a piece of silicone right like, in in her throat? Like, that's one of the <laughs> the perks of this. is yeah. yeah. Like, we don't have <laughs> we to <played> that. test <laughs> our gag yeah. reflex. Yeah. Um, but you know, for some people, they're they're playing and they want to have fun. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, oh man, I hope I didn't like shame anybody or or yeah. anything like that. Because yeah, there. I mean, there are s- so many ways, and who is to mm-hmm. say
3: like. Well, it kind of goes back, goes back to your point about like how it's not necessarily we shouldn't necessarily act, be calling out the act, it's like, the, act. It. It's like yeah. the communication style leading up to these things, yeah, 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 is and the context, exactly, yeah. yeah, like there's a lot of context in lesbian sex, <laughs> yeah.
1: so much context, love a good context, <laughs> yeah, 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 well, and it's you know, context and consent, yeah, and you know, it's when you watch my movie, I'm curious to see what you guys think because when I wrote it, I wasn't thinking about consent and the forefront of my mind. It just happened to be. Yeah. And we've been screening all around the world and almost everyone comes up to me and Chelsea afterwards and they're like, you guys talk about consent in such a radical way. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it's not radical to me. It's just a given. Right. Yeah. So- talking about it at all is almost yeah, you know
3: what yeah. I mean, like because it's not in it's not on t- yeah, television and film
1: yeah and it doesn't take away from the sexiness mm-hmm. of the scene it doesn't take away from the narrative of the scene it doesn't take away from anything it's just a given yeah. and um and then now i've been like kind of watching more films within that like uh perspective of like do they empo- like employ con- uh sorry uh, consent and So few films do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think that Blues and Rose Color is like a perfect example of a film that just completely disregards it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And I think it's important to see it in queer sex scenes because there's a way to prove that it like that communication doesn't kill any vibe and it doesn't derail anything. Because that can be what probably keeps some people from... Seeking that, or like saying it, because they just like I just w- I don't want to talk. I just want to keep going. But like you can talk and keep going. Like those those things are are like communication is intertwined with like.
1: Totally doing something fucking hot. You know what I mean? Like I do like pep talks now. Like uh when I start with a new partner, like we'll get like, you know, a little naked and then Mm. I'll be like, Hey, just want to let you know, like we're in this together. Like if anything, like it's all about our pleasure. Like if anything that we, I do is not right. Just like tell me right away. Talk to me, communicate with me. Yeah. Like let's just be on the same page. Yeah. And I used to like a couple of years ago, I would never even think to do that. Right. Because it's like, a mood killer or whatever. And it's like, well, fuck mood killers. You know what a mood killer is? Someone feeling unsafe. Exactly.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Right. It can be a mood. It's such a mood enhancer, I think, to yeah. communicate, like, explicitly.
1: I yeah. love it. It's always worked in my yeah. favor. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so it's never been a bad thing.
0: So we did uh, put it out on Twitter that we were going to be talking about this today. And some people um, mentioned some things they want us to talk about, which we can't get to all of them, um, like – lip service uh which Mm -hmm. was you know a fun show that i've only seen through youtube uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) people just like posting the lesbian storylines and stuff but um someone did want us even though we've talked about it before Mm -hmm. uh but curious for your take about disobedience the the spitting uh the spit heard around the world
1: (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i have a lot to say about just everything about the disobedience sex scene all right go for it so (laughs) um In those, just to give uh, people who are listening the idea of, like, what happens. Um, It's, you know, uh, Rachel McAdams is in an Orthodox Jewish community. Rachel Weiss used to be part of that community. Um, And then she was kind of disowned and went, they're in London, and then she moved to New York, comes back because her father died, and then they start up this romance that, uh, they rekindle this romance and sexual relationship that they had back when they were teenagers. So... They have one sex scene and basically what happened was that um, leading up to this, they go to a hotel, leading up to this, there is so much sexual tension between the two of them because they have not seen each other really for the past over a decade. Yeah. They are just starting to touch each other again and it's like so illicit and it's so powerful and it's a great sequence. You're leading up to this hotel and you're seeing them walk together. You're seeing them take the subway, uh, walk up the street, go on the elevator, and they're just silent. Because there's nothing to say. Because yeah. they know what they're going to go do. Yeah. Well, there's no point of making small talk. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> you go into the hotel room with them, and they're just so hungry for each other. Yeah. They're just ripping at each other, and like they want to taste each other. Like they, mm-hmm. there's, It's so carnal, and it's so hot, and it feels so alive. But then they fuck with their clothes on, and I was. I went to a PGA screening with Rachel Vice, who was a producer of the movie, and not only just was in it, but she also produced it and helped make it. And someone asked that question, and she was like, "We thought it was a very powerful choice because, basically, it means that you can be very sexy without having to um, be nude." Hmm. And I was sitting there thinking, all I could think about was like. Uh, she wouldn't sign a nude, like her nudity waiver. Right, right, it was, like, right. So yeah. Some lo- logistical yeah. reason so, why they couldn't do it. Yeah, I was like, she would just not go naked because also you see in a earlier scene you see Rachel McAdams go f- full on nude with her straight like yes. husband, you mm-hmm. know, and it's like why wasn't she able to do that with Rachel Viayes? Yeah, I noticed so, that too. Yeah, I was, like wait a minute, and I think, and then you know, I promise I'll get to the spitting. So <laughs> I,
0: cause I, you know, we have, have to, time. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool.
1: So I watched that and I was like, that's so, I could imagine maybe like the first orgasm you have that you have clothes on, you know, it's like, okay, you're just like, want to get in there and mm-hmm. do it fast. And you just like, want to, you know, kind of get it done really quickly. But then like, you have a hotel room for a couple hours. You're going to, yeah. if you haven't seen that person in 15 years, you're going to want to see everything about yeah. them. Yeah. And I just, like, didn't buy it. And I was really disappointed because you can shoot a scene not gratuitously and shoot it with respect where there's the – you don't have to necessarily show nudity, but you can imply it. Absolutely. There's yeah. such yeah. good ways to imply nudity, and I've, like, mastered how to imply nudity. And, yeah. like, you know, it was – I thought it was kind of lazy. And also just, like, purely, like, political that she just, like, wouldn't go naked, which is, like, her choice. It's fine, but, like, just – I don't know, whatever – Anyway, so then the spitting, um, I, like, I kind of was into it. I mean, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people thought it was unrealistic, but, like, kind of back to our – the point you made earlier, it's, like, blowjobs to strap-ons, mm-hmm. you know, and people coming out of the woodwork being, like, yeah, I've sucked a couple purple dicks in mm-hmm. my life, you know, like, whatever – I think the spitting, it's like cool. Like I don't know, I was into it. Um, why, yeah. What did you think?
0: Well, uh, you know the way that uh, that my wife described, it, <laughs> she's like it's like a record scratch in the <laughs> sex scene. Like, <laughs> like you are on board, you are on board, yeah. and you are like, like, wait, oh. wait. The thing that was distracting for me is that to to do it, they used um, flavored lube, so it doesn't look like spit. So oh, it's, like, okay. a weird substance coming out of her mouth mm. that is supposed to be spit but is clearly not spit. And for me, uh, that's where I'm just, like, that's what? The,
3: you're, that's <laughs> yeah. the continuity error that you didn't like. Yeah, <laughs> Like, that threw you off. A little, <laughs>
0: a, a little bit, but then I was also, like, why? And it, it just seemed like a weird choice for that first time of them being together. But, like, I think I could, like, spitting in another, like, if it was, like, like, how was it used as a device if it was like in the scene? Like, Jenny, it- Schechter having sex and she's spitting. I'm like, all right, I'm on board. Right. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, oh, they're not even like taking their clothes off fully. And then right. they're like, kind of, I mean, spitting is seen as, I guess, uh, like a kink. Sort kinky of like thing. a kink, yeah. The way they talked about it was that it was to show like this level of trust between the two and in intimacy, like that, and familiarity. And I think I'm that like, could have been established okay. though through some
3: implied nudity. Exactly. I think like yeah. That, it- and that would have been more. Realistic and, like...
1: Yeah. So know.
0: one thing I'm I thinking about now is, uh, like, if they had only had sex when they were teenagers... I mean, I know, like, some people I saw, like, when I was younger and still a teenager that I had sex with, like, multiple times, mm-hmm. uh, we actually never got naked in front of each other. And and part of that, I think, is just, like, when you're a teenager, you're still not completely comfortable in mm-hmm. your bodies with your body and, like, being that vulnerable, um, at least me personally, I mm-hmm. I wasn't. I remember, like, the first time I was actually, like, completely naked in front of my um, – with my first girlfriend. It took us kind of, like, a while to get there, and it was also, like, I felt so – scene I mm-hmm. was like oh my god like like not yeah. in a good way like in like an anxiety missing no, way it almost yeah it kind of like took me out of it because I was just like freaking out about being like completely naked in front of another human yeah. for the first time yeah I th- that like the first few times that that I was with women like it took a while so I'm like maybe you know when they were having sex as teenagers they
1: like never got and naked. those feelings sort of
3: carried
0: over into yeah their adult. but
1: I think that's totally valid and yeah. I completely agree with that but back to our kind of theme of context, mm-hmm. you know. Sure. Rachel Vice fucks Rachel McAdams with such authority, yeah. That it's like there's so many elements that they're misaligned. it's so, yes. Like yes. your point, I think, is really brilliant. Like, yeah, when they're 15, they probably aren't having sex with their clothes on. I mean, off. Like, yeah. you know, it's probably like you know, quick and secretive mm-hmm. and under covers and like playful and exploratory. Yeah. And then. You know, granted, Rachel Vice. Like the idea is, is that she goes to New York and kind of develops a sexuality. You know, that yeah. she becomes like a sensual woman, mm-hmm. but she's never slept with another woman outside of Rachel McAdams. Yeah. So, you know, but she is kind of. They have like sexually advanced positions. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. You know, and the spitting is a kinky thing that is something that there was a f- familiarity about it yeah that they both were like it just like the way it was directed and acted they both seem like this is what we do like every day which is like such
3: a like a leap in like achievement unlocking you know what i mean like that's the kind of thing you sort of work into exactly as you become more sexually experienced
1: yeah so i think if they got they had implied nudity and Mm -hmm. then you saw a progression throughout the scene and even if there was like a line of dialogue or something where rachel Vice is like i want to try this you know yeah you know using my sexy radio voice that, I, <laughs> that she would uh use like i would yeah. like, like just open your mouth for me like i don't which know which i like,
3: would totally do for rachel Vice. oh she could get me to do
1: anything oh i mean like anything yeah like i know yeah yeah absolutely i would love to be involved like i, I mean, would open yes. my mouths for literally anything. Yeah.
3: yeah. I can't I, emphasize this enough.
0: Yeah. I mean, watching that, like I'd, I'd never had anybody spit my mouth like that, but mm-hmm. she makes it Yeah. A, it's not
3: my thing, but appealing.
0: Rachel Weiss could. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. all right,
1: I could see, I guess how she would be open to that. Well, <laughs> my, my uh, roommate who is, um, uh, pansexual, mm-hmm. she, uh, started seeing this guy and she tried it with him. How'd like she go? spit into his mouth. Yeah. Um, very well. Oh, okay. And she was, like, citing Good for them. disobedience as a uh, inspiration. And she was oh. like, oh. Yeah. Oh. And I was like, that's cool, like, to, like, use it yeah. with, like, this guy. Yeah. Um, he was into it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I guess, too, because, like, spitting is such a thing that, like, yeah. is normally, <laughs> like, I just think, like, it's a thing that men just, like, spit on women to, like, either degrade them or because right. they can't get women wet enough. Yeah. <laughs> that they're <laughs> True. spitting on them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so that was like I didn't know, like I would. It, it
3: just—it's pretty far beyond anything I would ever be into. Or but that's it, just it was me, unexpected. Like, it was yeah, so unexpected.
0: Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but but that was cool too. Um, some some other movies that some of our listeners brought up. Uh, mm-hmm. Loving Annabelle, which I rewatched the sex scene in that one and. Come on, whoever said loving Annabelle, you need to go watch some other stuff because that was that was like a C. I'll yeah. grade that one a C.
1: Loving Annabelle is the kind <laughs> of thing like I watched in like 2011 when Netflix was like didn't have original programming yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I would like watch it in like my dorm room and like when I was like feeling really bad about myself. Like that yeah. was like a loving Annabelle night. All, all uh, they had
0: at that time were like sequels of movies you didn't know had sequels yep. and loving yeah. <laughs> in and yeah, loving Annabelle. Yeah. That was Netflix. Air
1: Airbud 6 and loving Annabelle. Yeah. I'm sure if you go to my Netflix account you could still probably I didn't, never finished it right. so you could probably see the point where I left off it it was yeah. probably like one of the sex scenes yeah and yeah. I can't really speak to that sex scene because I don't really remember it
0: uh, well I watched it last night so for anybody who's curious it happens uh, one hour and two minutes in and yeah we need
3: <laughs> specific timestamps on these yeah don't make him watch this whole fucking movie I'm
0: not going to Blue's the Warmest Color is one minute uh, or I don't no, think I'm one hour and 14 minutes in yeah. if you're just curious but um okay loving annabelle it's like so it's like a student teacher illicit relationship like i think they're they're in a catholic school yeah of course Karina's seen it all and um and she's got like these really like bold chunky highlights right (laughs) and then like it happens after she's like singing uh a like an acoustic set at this place, and then they like make out in the rain, oh, and then wow, and then they go back. <laughs> then they go back to the house, and it's like up against the wall kissing. So it's like all the hits, right? Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right.
3: The bullet points are all checked off.
0: It it does scream mommy issues. The yeah, yeah the whole thing. It's a little uh, and then. And then they have like sex, but I, I don't know, maybe just because like the storyline, I'm like, mm, I'm not really, I, I didn't think there was like a lot of chemistry there. So, so chemistry in sex scenes, I think is something obviously yep. that can mm-hmm. like make or break a sex scene between two women. And, uh, you know, we've talked about the L word, like Alice and Dana had it. Tina and Bet, so I think the, I think they had it. I they had they, it. They yeah. had it. They had it. And re-watching it last night, I'm like, holy fuck they had it. Like, mm-hmm. it gave me all the feels again, watching, especially like season five where um Bet is with Jody and cheating uh, on Jody with, with Tina. Tina. God, that and is such trash. Of, yeah, <laughs> she
3: sucks. <laughs> it's, I love her. It's some of
0: the the best sex, though, that yeah. uh, that that and Tina have. And uh, which, you know, is like a little bit sucky that like cheating sex is like often right. the hottest sex on the yeah. L word, except for uh, Alice and Dana. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Um, what do I want to say? Did, did I just want to talk? Well, about- no, no, no. no. Oh, the, the chemistry. Yeah. yeah because I, f- I find, uh, no offense, but the actress who plays Tina, not a great
3: actress. Laurel Holloway. Yeah. She, uh, I don't think she is an actress. I <laughs> think She's a, <laughs> <No>. an artist. <laughs> like, she's not like this. I think was like her only, she did the, she uh, has
1: her moments. She did a movie before this. Um, okay the true adventures of two girls in love. Okay. And that was like during like the kind of like new queer cinema okay. like, uh, renaissance of the nineties. Yeah. And she actually played someone who is more androgynous, which oh. is interesting. Yeah.
3: I had Okay. I know I've seen like stills from this movie because now, now that you say that she had short hair, mm-hmm. she, I- okay. I've yeah. definitely seen
1: this. Yeah. So I think that because she was in that movie, they were like, let's cast her. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Like, You've done this, right? Yeah. yeah.
0: So like, as an actress, like she, she's not getting nominated for for Emmy. She like she does the part of oh, Tina. It's, fi- it's fine. All right, I'm not mm-hmm. gonna be too hard on her. But the chemistry during the sex scenes with her
1: and that, and that is, I was is good. like,
0: whoa, yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, also Tina is such a hard character to play. Yeah, because she's like I, I, because like, no one's favorite person is Tina. No. You're like talking about like yeah. everyone's like Shane. Uh, Alice, Bet, like those are mm-hmm. like you know whatever. I know. I
0: like to think Dana. that I, or I I like to say that I always thought I was a Bet when in reality I'm a Tina. <laughs> it's just like the sad realization. Nobody wants to be
1: called a Tina. Right, Nobody right. wants to
0: be called a Tina. Yeah, yeah.
1: But like Tina, like I don't know. I mean, she goes through. She actually has like kind of an interesting arc. Um, You know, she is like the wife, yeah, and then she gets fucking cheated on. Then hooks up with Helena. I don't know if you remember the pregnancy sex scene. Oh my god, of yeah, yeah, two. yeah, 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 yeah. but yeah. she like Helena had some weird like pregnancy daddy fetish. Like, yeah, maybe, yeah, like that was strange. Yeah, she just wanted to impregnate these wives or like you know, and then lost interest in them the minute they were <laughs> yeah. pregnant. Like. Which I was like, I kind of wish they explored that more. But, um, <laughs> yeah, and then Tina, like, then she has, like, because Bet was, like, the only woman she had ever been with, like, kind of in later seasons, she, like, goes and, expo- like, she's bisexual mm-hmm. or, you know, not fully yeah. just gay and is, like, vilified for that. So it's like, I don't know. I mean, like, Tina, like, she's not, like, the showy one, but I think she actually, like, carries some of the more realistic – Sexual yes. kind yeah. of yeah feelings or m- emotional feelings that like one would have mm-hmm. for sure yeah which like sucks like no one, yeah <laughs> like, no yeah. one wants to play that but yeah yeah
3: as far as like on screen, on screen chemistry goes sexually I've always been curious as to like how much of a factor that is like from a filmmaker standpoint of casting and mm-hmm. like and how much of that is just these two actors being actually sexually compatible with each other or they're just really good at what they're doing and that's the whole point of it is that they're acting.
1: You yeah. I mean? Yeah, I mean, casting is like so crucial and it's yeah. so it's make or break. Like I feel like 80% of directing is your casting choices. Hmm. Um because sometimes like you could have two really great actors and they just have no chemistry and there's kind of it's like this nebulous concept that you don't really it's kind of mm-hmm. hard to define. Because you can't – you don't want, like, Especially when, with, a, with a movie that's heavy in sex scenes like, yeah.
3: or, a, or a TV show or anything like that.
1: Yeah. Know? I mean when I made my movie, the casting process was interesting because like there was – I was working with um, Hannah Hodson who plays Mia, the main character. I wrote the part like with her in mind and she was like came on very, very early into the process. So I was casting people – Uh, who were great for the roles, but also who had to, like, fit her, Mm -hmm. which was, like, an interesting kind of problem to have. Like, I I wouldn't even call it a problem because it, like, helped focus it. But I feel like that tends to happen. It's, like, so, like, with the L word, like, the first casting choice they made was uh, Jennifer Beals. Yeah. So they were, you know, who plays Bette? Like, so they were casting around her, which tends to happen. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, who would play well against, like, her energy and that character's energy? Yeah. Um, And then a lot of it comes down to just, like, the intentionality of the scene and the directing of the scene. Um, You know, I think, like, especially the pilot of The L Word has, like, amazing sex scenes because it was directed by Rose Troche, who, like, directed Go Fish, which was – um kind of like one of the pioneering films of like a new queer cinema movement. And she really understands intimacy and Mm -hmm. she really understood how to like shoot it in a way that felt realistic and felt truthful to the characters. And like- when bet is like trying to put semen up of tina like yeah. it's like so I maybe that's not in the pilot i forgot where I, it's, it's comes.
3: not far in like because their whole like conceiving a baby arc was pretty early on right yeah
1: well uh, yeah but before they
0: find the semen they have like that oh weird that trying weird. to trick that guy oh yeah, I, yeah. A
3: oh yeah what do
1: you guys think about that scene oh my god that <sighs>
3: Well, I think it's bullshit to try to trick someone into that anyway. Like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that was so problematic. It's bullshit.
1: And I remember
0: at the time reading, like, how, like, it's not realistic because they wouldn't be that that irresponsible. Like, a guy, you don't know if he has STDs. You don't know, like, anything about him. And you're just like, oh, no condom.
3: Yeah, it felt inconsistent, for for sure, with Beth's character. Because you would think that she would be doing all the, like.
0: Yeah, right. But, but like, like, like,
3: doing it by the book, you know.
0: Uh, not like I definitely 100%, uh, wouldn't do it that way. Yeah. But as a, <laughs> as a married lesbian, who's like in early discussions about mm-hmm. having kids uh-huh. and figuring all that out, it, it's like,
3: it's a, a lot. lot, it's a, it's
0: a cheaper it, option.
3: That's yeah. For sure. Well, <laughs> yeah,
0: it, it's kind of a lot and it's like, oh man, like too bad I couldn't just like you know,
3: like let some guy ha- fuck me. Yeah, you know
0: let, what I let mean? some like, guy fuck me and just like get me point. pregnant and leave. Yeah. Because that that's like the kind of easiest and most like economical it way, is. yeah, of yeah. doing it. And I know I know of some lesbians who have done that, who like had a a male friend yeah. that was like, "Hey, can you just do this? We don't have like thousands of dollars to
1: to spend, and you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't judge people who do that. You know, no, I no, yeah, like it's, I think about this all the time. It's like, as a queer person, um, your fertility and your reproductive future is, is something you have to be aware of. Um, like I'm sitting here, like I'm only 27. Like, you know, I'm like, I don't have to think about this right now, but then I actually find myself being like, oh, if I do want to have a kid, it's going to be really expensive. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying like straight people have to do that too. Like I'm Mm -hmm. a product of IVF. Like my parents, like When I came out, I was like, Mom, we can, like, share IVF stories one day with each other. (laughs) Um, But I also know, like, I don't plan on carrying the child because I'd be the worst pregnant person ever. I'm too small. Like, I would just be rolling down the street. (laughs) And I also can't – I don't deal deal with pain well. Isn't yeah. the idea of being pregnant in New York like a total nightmare? Oh my god! Oh, yeah. yeah, especially like as someone who's like, on like on a hot day. Yeah, who's someone who's like five foot two almost. Right. Um. You know, like walking down this. I can't imagine. Like, I feel like I would just be, like, I would have to. Yeah, just literally be, be carted. Yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I have absolutely zero desire to have kids. Although I do think I would carry one very well. Mm-hmm. Like I have a large frame and like come from what i'm pretty sure is a very reproductive fertile line yeah. of women um and yeah i have a high pain threshold like on paper i would be perfect <laughs> to be pregnant yeah. like i would make a really a, a great house for a for a developing yeah. baby but you so you but don't want to have kids absolutely not do i not i don't want kids yeah.
1: yeah um yeah i mean i would be totally fine kind of like part mm. of my fantasy in life is just like owning a brownstone and fort green like continuing yeah. to make films, having a beautiful wife who like yeah. is passionate about her own artistry and like having two standard poodles and call it a day. That's it. Yeah. Ha- like, yeah. yeah.
3: So the poodles don't have to go to college.
1: Right. And like, they'll always love you And always <laughs> yeah. for their
3: short lives. Yeah. And then you get more.
1: <laughs> <Right>. poodles. <laughs> and I just like kind of like have this fantasy of like, that's going to be my life. life. But if I marry someone who's like, yo, I want to like at least one. I'll be mm-hmm. like, Okay. Um, but I'm not carrying it.
3: Right, <laughs> yeah. right, right. I could be a surrogate for someone, but oh. I don't think they even do that unless you've had kids already. Like oh, let I don't you know, actually. Yeah. I would make a really, uh, like a nice sturdy oven, I think, for the right people Mm-hat. with a shitload of money. You yeah. should uh,
1: say that on like the website where you find a surrogate. Yeah, Makes yeah. Maybe I'll put on that it. in my
3: personals and yes. see what happens.
1: <laughs> actually, my friend uh, was looking for a roommate. Um, and I was like, you should post on personals yeah. that you're looking for a roommate or a lover and you're getting a cat. So it's like she was like looking to fill this house with pussy one way or the other. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. I wrote that for her and, did, and she was like, I don't know if like I should put, I was like, you'll get so many options. You're going to be
3: inundated. Yeah. yeah. That's so
0: funny. Yeah. Um, okay, in wrapping up this discussion, uh, I'm curious to hear, name like one of your favorite lesbian sex scenes, and then also your least favorite?
1: Hmm. Okay. Um, one of my favorites would be – oh, God, this is a hard question. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just I'm one like, – we're not going to yeah. hold you to it if you think of something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to, like, email you guys and be like, wait, I had to yeah. the other um, – I think, like, honestly, I'll go back to the scene in Carol – Even though it kind of um, it represents a lot of things that I'm trying to work against, yeah, (laughs) like oh, but I think it was done so it was so motivated by the journey of those two characters, yeah. And it's just like one of the most beautiful scenes I've seen in a very long time. Mm -hmm. Are are you going to watch it now, Sarah? Yes, I am going to watch
0: it. I'm just not selling these things hard enough. I can't get her to watch anything. And then uh, one of your least favorites.
1: Um I think, you know, I, I think blue is the warmest color. Yeah, it's, I, yeah. I can't think of anything that's worse yeah. than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, no,
0: I did not enjoy it. And then rewatching it, I kind of forgot about it um, how much I didn't enjoy it until I was watching it again. And and then also seeing like Cecilia's reaction mm. the first time. She was mm-hmm. like,
1: ah. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think it's just not. Oh, actually, I want to go back to one of my favorites. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> yes. So uh, the kids all right? write, Julianne Moore yeah. and Annette Benning. Okay. Um, and it's like a really brief sex scene, but it's like they're watching gay porn together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then their son walks in and they're like, what is this? And um, that was directed by Lisa Chaladenko. And, uh, you know, she's actually a queer woman. Yep. And what I loved about that was that it was very unique yeah. and it was something that was seen as routine and something as part of their lives and yeah. they like watch gay porn together and that's okay. yeah. Um, And I thought that was like done in a way. Gay world.
0: male porn just for- Yeah, was, yeah, so, Yeah. Yeah. I don't think any-
3: But yeah, it felt like it was these two married women just trying to like get themselves in the mood and doing this one, this particular thing that they like. And yeah. 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 It was, it was very like genuine. Yeah. I liked that a lot.
0: Yeah. Cool. So
3: that's one of my favorites. All right,
0: mm-hmm. uh, we're going to move on to our listener question. So uh, this one, I think it's going to be a good one. I haven't, I only skimmed it, mm-hmm. which is my favorite because it's it's a wild ride. Um, okay, great. Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> it, it's also one I think in the subject line was like help with exclamation points. Uh, yeah. Uh, Which some of the subject lines we get for
3: these listener questions. The more exclamation points, the more likely we are to read on the. (laughs)
1: These are just in
3: general listener
0: questions. Yeah, that the the listeners want us us to answer. Yeah, Yeah, it's great. I'm at a crossroads where I don't know how to move forward with my current friendships. I'm 22, came out a little over a year ago, and haven't had that easy of a time coming to terms with myself. Because all my friends are straight women and gay men, I feel very alone. Oftentimes, I'll invite my core group of friends to go to queer things with me, and they always uh, say, would love to, but can't, because blah, blah, blah. Uh, And it's like, you've been busy every time I've asked you to go with me to anything queer for a year and a half. I love them so much and they are accepting in that they'll listen to me vent and are loving in text and speaking but actions speak louder than words, you know? It frustrates me because we go to straight bars all the time and they'll uh, find people to hook up with every weekend while I'm still sitting at the bar tolerating straight man bullshit, wanting to lay in the middle of 7th Avenue. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, I've told them countless times how hard it is for uh, me to be the only uh or to only be around straight people and how i struggle with my identity and it's upsetting to me that they never suggest we go to gay bars uh some nights or agree to go with me anytime at all uh it makes me feel very ugly and lame when they're constantly meeting people and i'm always alone i remember the last time i was hit on by a woman i tricked my straight friends into going to the party at the woods uh, you're in New York just come hang out with us yeah, uh, mm-hmm. we'll be your friends and that was in July uh, I need attention come to our show uh, February yeah, 25th exactly. at Stonewall Devin will be there yeah. ready, <laughs> ready for you to squirt uh, on her no she
3: won't no, she's she getting bounced at the fucking door <laughs>
0: yeah Sarah found I'm it much less amusing over than it. I did Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like Tinkerbell and I'm going to die if no one flirts with me I love Aww. this uh, Oh God! Oh God. <laughs> what a funny imagery. Okay, uh, I'm. <laughs> let's let's all clap if you believe in her getting yeah. flirted with. Uh, I'm I'm sick of putting up with loneliness for the sake of the group. But if I don't go out with my friends, then I'm going out by myself or not at all. How do I move forward? Uh, I don't like going to parties or bars alone. And because I'm femme, I read as a straight friend when I'm with my gay male friends. That happens. Uh, I also hate apps because I have no motivation to text a total stranger I've never met. Am I doomed? Do I need to cut my hair so hopefully I'll attract more dykes in the wild?
3: Work for me. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say no. If it's not your aesthetic, then don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Uh, What's
0: a girl to do? Mm, You're going to have
3: to be a little less rigid with... um, how and when you want to meet people? I think maybe you could try an app here or there. Maybe it's post not a personal. As bad. Post I a was personal. just about to say she should yeah. maybe
1: post a personal. Yeah, yeah. explain um, what and
0: personals like, are for people who who aren't aware. Of, uh,
1: so, like personals is this thing on Instagram, um, and uh, you basically uh, submit an ad, a la like the village early village voice days mm-hmm. and it's a personal ad and it's just, you know, a written thing and then it tags your Instagram and you can be looking for friends or hookups or lovers or mm-hmm. whatever. And you meet all these wonderful people all around the internet. Yeah. So,
0: so you could look for like queer friends to go out with, yeah, and, and go out yeah. to bars with. Um, it sounds like you need new friends. I mean, you can keep, <laughs> yeah, you can keep these ones for you know. But you can't
3: keep expecting your friends to want to actively go with you to these spaces when you don't even want to go to theirs either. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, like, but it's not, you know. It, it might be helpful for you to use some online resources simply to make new friends, not even necessarily romantic connections. And be open to that and be explicit about that because that will take the pressure off of online interactions that turn into in-real-life ones because that's a lot of times sort of tricky to navigate. But if you are doing it in simply a friend context, it might be a little easier.
1: Yeah, And And that's where I would start. And going to queer spaces outside of bars, I think, is really... Like could help you. And yeah. you're obviously
3: in New York, so you have like there's a lot of resources
1: for them. endless. Yeah. Like endless going with, to yeah. Newfest or yeah. going to a show that talks about like queer themes. Yeah. Like, you know, going to your comedy show. A lot show. of comedy shows, yeah. 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 There's
0: a lot of there's comedy like, shows. There's, a there's lot so of many to do. queer Our comedy show shows
3: great. um especially like at Magnet Theater, like some of the stuff they're doing and like There's just, there's a lot out there. So explore like Facebook, Instagram, like look into this stuff because Mm -hmm. it's out there. It's not like you're in the middle of nowhere. Like you're clearly in New York. So, yeah. Yeah. There are places to go. And, if you can just find maybe that one friend to come with you, and also you don't want to be the girl that brings a gaggle of straight people into a fucking queer space anyway. Yeah. So why do you want there's to bring your straight so friends there? There's
0: only so much square footage at the cubbyhole. Yeah, and we
1: don't need it being taken there's up by There is literally no room for them there. Yeah, there's yeah. it's mostly taken up by uh, straight tourists now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but also back to like her feminine visibility mm-hmm. feeling. Yes. It's like you know, if you need to like talk up your queerness to a room Mm -hmm. of people like just do it you know there's nothing
3: wrong with signaling i mean i can't speak on behalf of anyone about femme invisibility because i am the opposite of that but you know you can wear like that's what like enamel pins are for, or like uh just yeah. like little kind of things that you can wear that can sort of signal
0: I made myself a rainbow bracelet on a bead
3: loom yeah. uh <laughs> when I was
0: twenty, just to help me right. put it out there. You know yeah. to and, and you and you make a craft. And, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, exactly. For yeah. Like,
3: I, you're gonna have to like do a little bit of the work. You can't I don't I obviously you can't depend on your friends to support you literally in that way, like about like physically showing up to these spaces with you. And again, I don't think you ultimately want them there because you will disappear amongst them to other queer women.
2: Yeah.
1: Like they're not
3: going to do you any favors by being there. Believe me.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And also, yeah, I often go like, hi, I'm Erica. I'm a lesbian. Like, it's yeah. like, literally, like, And that's fine Yeah, to and say then, that. When I first came out, I was doing that a lot, but it helped me actually make a lot of queer friends. Mm-hmm. So now almost all of my friends are queer people just because they flock to me because yeah. I'm yeah. so vocal and open about it. And I understand not everyone is like that, but I think it's okay to be, like, unapologetic and unabashed about, like, what your intentions are.
3: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I will say like before starting this podcast, uh, I was a lot more afraid of uh, queer women. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all terrified me, and mm-hmm. now thankfully Same. that's gone. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I'm, like, still kind of terrified. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we've, <laughs> we've gotten uh, we've gotten over it, but now like anytime I'm in a space and I spot a queer woman, I. I like walk up to her, I'm like,
3: oh, hi, I'm, yeah. I'm a lesbian. Yeah. Uh, hi, are you funny or interesting? Friends. Do you yeah. want to be on our podcast?
1: Yeah, I'm like, I, oh, I you're have another list. Things. Cool. <laughs> Your girlfriend's glaring at me. I'm going to go now. Yeah, <laughs>
3: basically. Yeah. That's
0: every interaction Oh yeah. my
1: God. It's the most disappointing thing in the world, meeting like a boring queer woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause like, uh, I'm like,
3: how do you happen? Like, wh- what is yeah. this? I don't get yeah. it. You know, like, I like, just- have you had no struggle? <laughs> Your lack of trauma bores me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: boring queer people are a disappointment yeah totally Yeah, <laughs> uh,
3: but yeah you know listener uh, you're gonna be fine and like you're gonna be fine but you got you're gonna have to like I said you're gonna have to sort of test your own Comfort level a little bit and step a little bit outside of your comfort zone as far as meeting people. Yeah. And do the no pressure friend stuff first and stop expecting your fucking straight friends to come with you to Cubby Hole because it's not happening and we don't want yeah. them there.
1: So, and yeah, it'll just suck because they'll like have questions. And yeah. Then,
3: like, and like, who like, wants to go? I don't know. Like, if you're out to like meet people, I prefer to do that like by myself or yeah. with like one other wingman kind of person. But even yeah. that gets tricky in a queer setting because people look at you and especially another woman and think like, are they together? Like, should mm-hmm, I approach yeah. this person? So find, like, maybe one cool, like, queer dude to come with you, like mm-hmm. a gay guy, and make, you know, that's sort of, that's that's their service to our community, is being a wing a wingman, but they often don't want to do that. So yeah. anyway, yeah. you'll be fine, but j- just try to meet friends first, and then everything else will kind of come organically from there.
0: Yeah. Cool. Yep. All right. We solved it. Um uh- yep. <laughs> Erica, where can people
1: find out more about Girl Talk and follow you on on the social meds? Yeah, um, so we're screening the film. We have a bunch of European and Australian screenings coming up, and when we get back to New York, we have a lot of Australia uh, uh, Australian listeners. Oh, amazing! We just screened yeah. at Flickerfest, and we're screening at the Melbourne uh, Queer Film Festival. Yeah, um, we're screening in Vienna and Switzerland, and we're trying to hit as many countries as possible. Anything in Germany? We have a lot of German oh, listeners too. we just got into, uh, we just got invited into this festival in Germany. I forget what it's called, but I will definitely keep you all updated. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you can follow, uh, our work at, at Sour Peach Films on Instagram. Um, and then I'm at EAR 360, um, on Instagram. I haven't changed it it's my like NYU ID that I never changed um, nice. I was gonna say it sounds like you're not too pumped about your handle yeah. yeah everyone's like why don't you change it and I was just like I'm tagged in too much shit like yeah. <laughs> but yeah so we post updates about where Girl Talk is screening and um, you know we uh, are screening till the end of 2019 so. great
0: awesome Cool, 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 mm-hmm. and you can follow us uh, at Diking Out on everything. Uh, please, if you haven't yet, go and uh, onto iTunes and leave us a five star rating. Yes, it really please. helps. Uh, hundreds of leave you have review. already done it, uh, but we have thousands of listeners, so mm-hmm. more of you haven't. Just go yeah. on there, give us a rating. It helps people find us, and we want everyone diking out with us. So yeah. please do that. You can follow me at TGI Carolyn, and I'm at the Sarah York. And I got with us again next week.
2: Bye. Bye. Bye.